0: Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by my beloved water-sipping, somewhat sensually, co-host, Kyle, as well as two dear friends, one old friend, one new friend. I will let them introduce themselves shortly. We are going to be discussing some sort of topic. I assume it is about uh, celebrating Tom Brady's 44th birthday today, but maybe it's something else. We're going to rank that topic, re-rank it, maybe. At the very least, we will discuss it vigorously over the next hour or so. By the end of this episode, we will have a definitive top 10 list of whatever the hell we're talking about. So Kyle, so friends, what are we talking about?
1: Hi everybody. My name is Claire Sant. I am Well, actually, should I say my last name? Is that okay?
2: Redacted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, just, everybody knows our just, last name at this point. They they I'll know it, it at this it. point.
1: All right. Well, I'm Claire and today <laughs> I am joined with my friend Lily from high school. And <laughs> we're Lily, be would you like talking... to share your last name? <laughs> yeah, can just I share your last name? Just don't tell us your last one. name. <laughs> um <laughs> And the long, well, I'm joining this podcast again after my debut on the 94th episode. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad to be back. And we're very excited to be here today. So today we will be talking about the long-awaited title of the top 10 70s albums.
0: Ooh. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, so is yeah. that is that why the shirts right now? Is this a, a coincidence? Like, this is just what you guys wear?
3: We did well, not plan this. This no. is not
0: wow. intentional. Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. So much better. This is not a visual medium, but both of our our good friends on the pod right now have got some classic artists who, I definitely one of whom, I think both of whom were very active, mostly in the 70s. Yeah, yeah
1: I would say so. Beautiful. For, yeah. I love that we didn't plan that.
0: Yeah, I know. It's
2: perfect. <laughs> and we had right before the episode, we were talking about Uh, how you both were excited to have vinyl uh, record players in your dorm rooms when you go off to college at the end of this summer. So it feels very appropriate. But thanks for coming on the podcast, Lily. Um, Also you too, Claire. But thanks for coming on the first time, Lily. I understand that you are a a listener of the pod, a fan of the pod, as they say.
3: Oh, heck to the yeah. (laughs) I started listening because of Claire. I mean, she posted the episode that she was on. And I was not expecting to listen to the full hour. I was just like, oh, I'll check it out. And then I was like, okay, now I need to go all the way back to the beginning and start listening to these. It became like part of my daily routine to listen to your pod.
0: Wow. That is so cool. Uh, I'm worried about your taste. I'm now concerned that this pod's <laughs> going to suck because I'm not sure you have any taste. But thanks for listening to us.
3: Of course. <laughs> I've recommended it to several people now. So, Yeah.
0: Any, anybody overseas, because we do have one listener who we think uses a VPN uh, and really likes French television or something, they're definitely from, like, Jacksonville, but just want to watch the, the French version of Netflix.
3: Oh, no, unfortunately not. Everyone in the U.S., but that's cool.
2: We're excited to have you, and this sounds like a really fun list. Did you two put it together in collaboration, or was it one of yours you did?
3: Yeah. We cool. did. We would have several Facetimes. It was
2: fun. So walk That's us amazing. through walk us through your process. A lot of research. Like how yeah? Like how does uh, how does one rank the top 10 70s albums? Like what were your criteria?
1: We came up with a very long list of a lot of different artists that we thought were contenders, um, and. Once we did, we were like, let's FaceTime, let's figure out, let's, first of all, listen to the albums, you know, because that's a good way to figure out which albums are good and which ones are pretty crap. Um, Mm -hmm. But most of them weren't crap. big way. So we had a hard time. (laughs) But, you know, we came together with a list of a lot of them, and then we just started to narrow down, like, which one is a little less good than the other one, and that's how we got to the definitive list, but...
2: So... Would you say that an album gets to the top of the list by having, like, a solid kind of distribution of songs on the album? Or is it more about, like, what's the best song on that album? Like, if you have one album that has one banger, and the rest of it's okay, versus another album that's, like, pretty good all the way through, how would you rank those two against each other?
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, I feel like most of the albums that we've chosen are ones that have a good turnout all the way around like a lot of the albums that we have picked i would say are there's more than just like a one-hit wonder on each of them at least in my opinion so i feel like that's a a big big thing about it
2: i trust your discretion you guys are, are are dressed for the job and at least i if lily you listen to half the amount of music that claire does which i'm confident that you do um i know that you're well versed in this era of music and so this is good this should be great beautiful so wait, i have one last
0: question uh sorry the the reason i have a question is because right when you said this i googled best albums of the 70s just so i had somewhere to start from um did you use anything as like a hey let's make sure we don't miss anything or did you go mostly from stuff you kind of knew about or what what sources did you use to find new stuff
1: there is absolutely no bibliography for this thing. I'm not even going to lie. Like, we... <laughs> a lot of it came from our head.
0: Um, but, there's you no know... There's no more
1: Yeah, no, there's absolutely not. It's not an APA, MLA. You can't find it anywhere. But I'm just going to say, a lot of the albums that we did choose are ones that <laughs> we know are well-known and are well-loved by a lot of people. But, you know, there are some that can be argued, which is why we're here, so we can discuss it. But... Yeah, uh, we we did research of the ones that we did know, but there wasn't like a lot of research as to which ones are we missing because we didn't think we were missing any. I think is the damn the final Love point it. There. good. Yeah. All right.
0: Awesome. Well, all right. Let's do this thing. Right.
1: Okay. So starting off at number ten, we have "A Day at the Races" by Queen. This album initially came out in nineteen seventy six.
2: As a surface level Queen fan, just like browsing through the the track list, I don't recognize an awful lot of these songs. I think I'm probably representative of most people in that like I know a handful of Queen songs, like they're big hits, but I have never like done a deep dive into their discography like you two have.
0: I'm looking through the track listing. I'm in the same I'm in the same boat here. So talk to us about this whole uh this is their first fully self produced album. What So for me as a casual Queen uh, fan, what might I notice is different about this album than their previous work based on that?
1: Particularly with the singers, I would say that a lot of the time in the previous albums, they would be highlighting Freddie Mercury's voice. While in this album, there are more singers that are added to the mix. Roger Taylor, who is known as the uh, drummer of Queen, he has a song on the album called Drowse, um, which he sings but also plays the guitar which is also, like, it's really important because his voice is really good, but they obviously wanted to highlight Freddie Mercury's voice, like, previously. So um, they have a little more, I guess, a say in the mix. They can do whatever pretty much they want, and, and that's what I thought about it.
0: Awesome. That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Sorry, it's such so a good wrong. answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's great. Um at least when you take a while to answer a question it's because you have a lot of information to share. Typically if I take a long time to answer a question it's because I'm self-conscious about how little I know about a given thing.
0: Mine is just me formulating bullshit. <laughs> the honesty is key. I
2: cool. got to say. All right. What what would you say each, each of you pick each of you pick a favorite song on this album?
3: Oh gosh. How can I pick one? I mean, Claire mentioned it already. I loved drowse partly because Freddie Mercury isn't singing out. <laughs> and listen like I love Freddie Mercury, but it was kind of cool because it took me a second when it started and I was like, wait, this isn't him <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was like an interesting new sound for them, I guess
2: not to do, like, I'll probably do this for several of these, but I'm going to immediately bring it back to the Foo Fighters, and some of, <laughs> some of my very favorite Foo Fighters songs are ones where Taylor Hawkins or Dan is singing, because, I don't know, like, it just, like, you obviously, like, there's a reason that the band has a frontman that they do, like, that guy has an incredible voice, but... Sometimes, like, when you've, he- when you've heard seven or eight albums from a band, it's more the versatility that you start to appreciate more than what they're, not more than, but just as much as what they really know and what they do really well. So I love that as a pick.
1: Um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the good old fashioned Loverboy, uh, but that is my favorite song off this album, mostly because it's just so sporadic um freddie mercury is known to be flashy he's known to be all over the place and i just i love that because i can relate um and this song is just if you were to literally say what's adhd as a song um i would say good fashion lover boy (laughs) um (laughs) the lyrics are all over the place um and it's just such a good song honestly it's a feel good like the windows down like I just, I love this song. I If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen.
3: I will say, uh, kind of random, but related to that song, that is another one of my favorites, so thanks for reminding me. And I really like making themed playlists on Spotify. And if anyone, I don't know why, but if anyone knows the movie Dead Poet Society or is a fan, that song gives me those vibes. And I made a playlist about that movie, Basically, and that was like one of the first ones that went on there. I don't know why it just does. Great
1: movie. Oh, I
0: love that. That's a great pick. Stellar film.
1: Stellar. Awesome. All right, are we All ready, right, to move guys? On that number was nine? a
2: really, really good start. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: about number nine? Good. Okay, number nine, we bring to you the Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd, and this one was released in 1973.
0: So, as somebody who's been Googling uh, furiously on um, albums from this this, uh, era, which has actually been very fun, because already I'm noticing how different some of these lists are, like one of them was a top 100 that completely omitted what is, and I'm not going to push for it, because I know I'm on a little bit of an island here, but like my favorite album, we could probably all guess, anybody who knows me, but... um, (laughs) it it was interesting seeing how different people's take on what was the pink Floyd album of the decade, because there, I noticed like a couple of them picked this really high up. A couple of them picked, uh, I think there were two other albums from the seventies, maybe three even for pink Floyd. Um, So I'm curious for, for you guys, what, assuming there's no other pink Floyd on this list, what, what got this uh, on on the list over the others?
3: Well, I'll definitely say that, for one, um, even though it has nothing to do with the music, the cover. <laughs> um, because, literally, you can not listen to a single song from Pink Floyd, or you could not be a classic rock fan at all, and you will still know what that is. I mean, people will know the, like, plain black cover with the prism on it and everything. So that was a major point. But this was one that I'd never listened to before. I listened to for the purpose of this podcast and this is like psychedelic trippy <laughs> shit you know it's just like oh my god like, it's like a full experience <laughs> you have to listen to it from start to end like lying on your bedroom floor <laughs> so I
2: think that's how it was intended to be enjoyed so I'm glad that you did it that way yeah well, I, I, was not, I was not There's I was not close
0: but close to how it's intended to be enjoyed uh, yeah
3: yeah yeah but <laughs> it had the same vibe of you know uh so yeah don't bring it your was, fake that, expertise
1: that's... in here
0: <laughs> well <laughs> i do, do think, do the think whole it's one, an interesting <laughs> it is an interesting facet of this album and i think kind of flows through to some of the others that i've been looking at in the background here is just the albumness of these albums and i think dark side of the moon is a really good example of a really albumy album um it doesn't it doesn't work as well as a collection of singles and i definitely made that mistake early in my time as a pink floider they're a really good example of a band that i don't really think works as a singles band they definitely have a couple that really pop but they're an experience that i think deserves to be enjoyed front to back and this is a really good example of an album that I'd have to look again at the track listing, but I think there's, like, maybe three songs, even, if if that, that are, like, singles or kind of, you know, standalones, but it works so much better as a full album.
2: I think it's entirely valid to put an album on here because of album art. In a case like this, where the album art is so iconic, like, is... It's like this, and what like Abbey Road, are like the most recognizable album covers the of Pink all time. The Pink Floyd
0: album with the ladies' butts, the painted ladies' butts. Oh
2: yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> they have the poster in uh, Knocked Up.
2: Yep, of course they do. And the Mister Mister Skin offices. Just, yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: Flesh of the Stars. <laughs> so,
2: Claire, had you, did you? Are you a Floyder? And had you listened to this before the pod? No, or I did have you not. listen to it at well, all? I-
1: I did listen to a deal of it and then I had to leave for work. So I said, well, I'll come back to it. And guess who never came back to it? Mostly because...
0: Okay, respect.
1: Um, but yeah, I'm not well-versed in Pink Floyd, but I'm one of the people that just knows the album art. And I mean, I is money on this album? Okay, so see, I know one of the songs on this album, so I honestly don't have much to say. All I know is that it definitely should be included because I feel like a lot of people would beg to differ from my opinion, at least.
0: I think money is probably my favorite, like, uh, I don't know, like just bumping like pop song. I, that's probably my favorite. One of my favorite pop songs ever is money. And even to call it a pop song is kind of funny because it's so unconventional, but that's, that it's amazing that that song sits in the same album as some of the others. Like, The Great Gig in the Sky always makes me think of um, uh, School of Rock. It just, like, makes me think of that. And it's funny that those both of those songs are on the same album.
3: And what's best about it, too, I'd never listened to it before, and I only knew the title because of School of Rock.
0: Obviously. I, why, why else would you?
3: I didn't, I didn't know that it was just, like, a lady the whole time, just being like, what? like the entire for like two minutes <laughs> so as it should it made be. it so much better just hearing it and like waiting for words and none of them coming yo
2: so. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
3: oh,
1: yeah. all right
2: what about uh numero ocho
1: number eight is just so good i'm not even gonna lie What we have for number eight is Saturday Night Fever by various artists. This came out in 1977. If you love disco, this is the one for you. It is just, it's like listening to your favorite song over and over again. It feels like you're dancing through a field of tulips or something. Like, it's just fantastic. There's nothing that makes you want to dance more than listening to this album, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's nothing better.
3: Yeah, this was a pick because it is basically just a soundtrack for Saturday a Fever. It was, like, one of the best-selling soundtracks of a movie for, like, a long time. It was, like, 16 times platinum, and it was on, like, the top ten for, like, forever. Uh, I know that that's, like, not great sources or facts, but, you know. Um, no. <laughs> and literally, some of the songs on this were, like, written for the movie, um, and it like, skyrocketed the fame of the Bee Gees, so, like, songs like "Staying Alive, Night Fever, and More Than a Woman were all for this movie. Really? Yeah. It's... It, I did
0: not know that.
2: There's other wow,
3: songs Wow, I'm on looking it, at this. Like...
0: Was Boogie Shoes by Casey and the Sunshine Band, was that original for this?
3: I don't know. I should look that up, but I was literally Jeez. just about to say that. Um, That's another... Disco Inferno.
0: One. This is wild. I knew I did not realize all of these are on the same album.
3: Mhm. Yeah. I had
0: no idea. Oh,
3: it's yeah. like I asked my dad about it and he was like, "Oh my god, everyone had this album." So, I guess. Your
2: dad presumably was around in the 70s too. Yeah. So he would know.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah.
2: This is just like heater after heater and you're right. It's like yeah. it's like a lot of BG's, which yep. makes sense. It's a disco. <laughs> movie.
1: I'll never understand the saying that disco is dead, because you can't tell me you put on a disco song and you don't want to dance. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It, like, it's so feel-good. I... Really, I don't understand.
3: Yeah, it's like, do you have a soul if you say that? Like, <laughs> no. You don't. I, don't. I don't understand people who say that. Soulless. I'm looking
0: at this, I, I might actually goes goes far as to contradict my last statement uh, about Money being my favorite, like, most listenable pop song. Staying Alive is, like, one of the most <laughs> utterly infectious <laughs> pop songs in <laughs> <of> the 70s. <laughs> you know what?
1: Uh, I actually don't know if it got popular on... I don't know if it got popular on Saturday Night Fever. I think it actually got super famous in the Office episode. Um, what's it called? The Office episode where they're doing... Of the course. Social- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Once I was afraid I was petrified. I
2: would say a whole new generation of uh staying alive fans were probably born with that episode.
0: For sure. I actually remember that's one of the few like television episodes I remember causing a stir. Like I went into school the next day and people were losing their minds at how great that episode was. Yeah. Yep. So 70s favorite. albums and all that. Yeah. Uh oh.
2: I'm glad that you guys went off of the... I Because like, I had not considered the possibility that an OST would be on this list. So I'm glad that you guys are thinking outside the uh, the box a little bit here. Because that's a that's a stellar choice. It's also, it also feels very representative. I mean, it's, it's obviously very different than the first two albums. But like that album feels very 70s to me. Yeah, right. I think we that didn't was want it to be pretty,
3: pretty like much the goal. Top 10, you know, 70s disco albums
2: <laughs> right
0: yeah
3: i mean we could do that Jossiel. and it would be fun but you know wouldn't be
0: sure Listen, it's always time for it's a sequel it's all in
3: one I- <laughs> we're down
0: <laughs> awesome
1: um all right wow
0: well, this would usually take us to a particular segment that's right it one but we might need some help getting us there
3: do you want oh, list no. to know let's it or
0: Claire's well, already I done think it. Claire's had a chance. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs>
3: okay. It is time for the Not Top 3. Hit that stanky beat.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That just stinks. Woo. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man.
2: So did you guys, uh, did you guys prepare Not Top 3?
3: Yeah. Well, well,
1: <laughs> we have not tops we we have so many that are so good that we had a hard time finding shitty albums or like shitty artists sure. so honestly, I mean, I can say them um, and I don't know I just i feel like it's not not that not to say that they're bad artists, but you know in these particular um. In this particular light, they kind of suck, like, low-key. So, we'll just go ahead and say that, um... Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is very general. It's mostly just by artists.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. That's yeah, sure. We don't we don't need to dwell. It doesn't sound like you guys want to get into the negativity, which I respect, so let's just buzz through the, the who sucked a little bit.
1: All right, Lily,
3: take it away. <laughs> okay.
0: Take it away, Earn. <laughs>
3: Going to be a bumpy dad. So, nice.
0: uh-huh. yeah.
3: So, um, we were really general, and we mostly were just lumping a bunch of what people would call crooners in this category. So, we got, like, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, uh, <laughs> like, Perry Como. No one was listening to them. That doesn't mean they were bad. It's just that they were kind of washed up now. <laughs> like, if you were listening uh... to them, you were... Probably, like, someone's parent. like you My Aunt Joe.
0: Yeah, Frank Sinatra had, had, at this point in his life, smoked probably 9 million cigarettes and had very late-night dates with about 9 million chorus girls from Vegas. Like, he was not at, like, the top of his Frank Sinatra game at this point. So I'm with you.
3: Uh, I will want to just... Diverge off that path a little bit and just say, Has have either of you, has anyone on here watched the Steve Martin, Martin Short special on Netflix?
0: No. The one where they, ban- the, whatever they call it, the two Martins or something, but where they, he does the banjo performance?
3: Yeah, I don't know. But there was a section of Martin Short, I do remember, when I was when we were writing tops, where he was talking about how he was a major Frank Sinatra fan, but when he started getting older, he was just singing, like, all the wrong material. And it was just really bad. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to include that, because it's just, like, not only were they, like, no one listening to them, but, like, the stuff that they were recording was just not it. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. and well, And no longer representative of, like, what was, New
0: and happening in, on the music scene, right? So, yeah, this is seventies of these albums. Well, it's weird to look at the albums like what a transitional time in music this was. Because if you like to think of Frank Sinatra being active at the same time as some of the bands I was looking at being active, like from their genre, it, it's just unbelievable that people would have consumed both of those kinds of music at the same time. It's like yeah, exactly. thinking somebody listening to. Beethoven and then YG. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> S- work.
3: Basically. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Alright. i I well, can buy that. Yeah. That was well, th- yeah, that, that
3: was that basically being fun, I, I guess.
0: Great. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. I like that. That was efficient. Yeah. Fuck you, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, piss off.
3: Only <laughs> yeah.
0: in the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: I'll not tolerate Sinatra
0: slander here. Yeah. Also, don't tell any of his uh, his friends from Jersey that I said that.
2: Yeah. would be the last you. Saw They're
1: gonna him, come like... to get you, Mike. Yep. I
0: know. <laughs> I know they are.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Do you guys want well, to get back to
2: the real life list here? Yeah. Cool. All
1: right. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, at number seven, we have The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders nice. from Mars by David Bowie, and this came out in 1972, and Lily is a Bowie addict, so I'll let her go off a little bit.
3: my <laughs> gosh. Amazing I thick. wish that you could see, like, things around my room right now. I have so many Bowie-related things in my room. Um, I'm, like, a mega fan. He's my number one idol, hero. Okay, I'm done. Um, but... <laughs> this album he had stuff before this and it had some pretty notable stuff like Space Oddity and Life on Mars and stuff like that but this album was where he started to get like real attention he it, it sort of kick-started not this album but around that time and a lot of the music was part of like the glam rock scene um, I have a quote written down from him uh that sort of goes along with that where he says i once asked lennon john lennon what he thought of what i do and he said it's great but it's just rock and roll with lipstick on and that's basically it like the the whole thing like the whole album feels like it's just like covered in like glitter and tons of cigarettes like it's (laughs) it's crazy and super like out of this world um basically everyone literally knows, it, yeah everyone knows "Starman" off of this album i feel like pretty much everyone yeah. knows that song but the whole thing is just like peak david bowie-ness so that's why it had to be on the list if we had to pick one bowie pick it would be this one
2: i love this album and like so "Starman" everyone knows i think moon age daydream especially lately has become super popular because it was in guardians of the galaxy and then like suffragette city is like another heater that a lot of people tend to know like this is a good album for people that like have heard of david bowie and want to get into it quick like this will this will bring you up to speed like really fast yeah um that's a good pick
0: yeah this is crazy looking at the tracks sometimes a good measure of how um well-regarded your album is is how many of the individual tracks have links uh to a different wikipedia page and of the 11 tracks on the initial on the first release uh all but two actually take you to an individual song page and i think whoever was i don't think it was you kyle who said it this is like the perfect introduction to david bowie it's like one of the best albums uh, that I've ever listened to beginning to end one of my all-time favorites and perfect, perfect avatar for all of David Bowie. So I love it. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you're such a fan.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bad. It's, it's bad. Like how much I listen to him all the time, but
2: how would you rate his performance as Tesla in the prestige? That's what
0: I was going to (laughs) ask. If that's your favorite movie performance ever, or where would you rank it?
3: Oh gosh. No, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I grew as a child, like, I'm a diehard labyrinth person. Like, okay. I, I am that person. Okay, like that will always reign supreme. It's like the best thing. <laughs> that and it's is like amazing. a gin basic. <laughs> 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 but like I have the soundtrack on vinyl and he was just it, it's it's iconic. It's so good. So,
0: yeah. But you do still agree that he was incredible as Nikola Tesla.
3: You know, I feel like I'm going to disappoint people by saying that I I still haven't seen that movie. I, oh, yeah. I know. I know. Oh. No, no, no. He I'm shows not, up. I'm yeah, not shaming
2: no. you. I'm just really, really excited. I'm excited for <laughs> you to see it because you're yeah. gonna lose your fucking mind. Like, yeah, you're oh gonna lose
0: God. your mind because you're you're gonna watch the movie and don't. We don't want to overhype. He's not in a lot of the movie, but David Bowie plays a ridiculously understated character. You're like, when is the hair gonna pop out? And he's gonna suddenly be Ziggy. He's just not. He's like incredibly thoughtful and just so he just like conveys this quiet brilliance a lot a of cool gravitas yeah which is weird but so cool to see from him
3: <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like we i think we own it like i don't know why i haven't seen it yet so that's, that's even besides
2: even besides david bowie it's just like one of our yeah, favorite shared movie. movies you'll love it yeah does it yeah. have highly um, recommended
3: what's his face uh uh great Shaman Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman
2: yeah. Christian yeah. Bale Michael Caine Scarlett Johansson yeah. oh, Michael
0: Caine wow. yeah Rebecca <laughs> Hall Piper Perabo it's like a great it's a great squad nice yeah yep, yeah. oh yeah yeah
2: i knew we were going to talk i knew we were going to talk about bowie at some point and i'm glad uh that this album got mentioned all
1: right, all right. are we
2: ready yeah boom
1: all right cool at uh, number six, we have Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Yes! <laughs> this came out in 1973, and obviously we know it's iconic because it's Elton John, so anything that he does is really good, but this album especially is just in your face and so fun.
3: And
0: So this is different because I said the other two of my favorite pop songs. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is just one of, I don't count that as a pop song, it's too different and elaborate. That's, like, one of my favorite songs, full stop, ever recorded.
3: I mean, Elton John, like, when putting those together, he's another one, like Queen or David Bowie, where it's like, how do you pick one? Like, he was cranking out a lot of material in the 70s. But, like, this one, I mean, the, so so many that you could rattle off that, like, everyone knows. Benny and the Jets, obviously good by Brick Road, Candle in the Wind saturday night's all right for fighting like you know it's just like the whole thing's great and even if you haven't heard some of the songs on the album they're so they're so different and experimental and like there's like one that has like this jamaican like funk beat one uh one of my personal favorites that i never heard before was sweet painted lady that's a great song just the the whole thing it's just like really really great elton john was like in his prime
2: do you get do you know where this falls in his discography like because was this one of his earlier albums it feels like it was well no just kidding seven studio albums
3: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say honky chateau came before it love that album yeah another good one it has that was a, a year yeah
2: this one has Rocket Man 2? Good God. Or no, you're saying the previous album. No, Honky
1: no, no. Honky yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Got it. Yeah. This is um This is a banger of an album. I'm looking at the track listing right now. And you're right, I don't know every single one, but I do know a lot. It's also a long album. It's like one, two, eight, 12. It's like seventeen songs, which is pretty long.
0: I do feel like Elton John is a, his albums are a little bit more singly and a little less albumy than uh, some of the others we've discussed so far, but not in a way that dings him because his singles are all bangers. but I feel like the way he writes or his, he and his writing partner wrote and performs, it's he's very like every song seems to kind of stand alone in, in a different way from some of these other ones.: I'm
1: still standing.
2: <laughs> Are you two both it. big fans of the of Rocket Man, the film?
3: A, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is better. Sorry, just
1: going yeah,
2: say it. Yeah. Whoa.
3: Rocket Man was
1: really good at depicting like, hey, this is what happened to him before he was a star, but it was so depressing. And like, I mean, <sighs> Man, it's but, accurate. It's accurate.
3: <laughs> hey, also, I gotta give him props, but. Also, I feel like you could tell that Elton John was like in on the process of Rocket Man because it was like these like artistic like where, you know like him at the pool and seeing like the little kid down there and like it's just like wait what like <laughs> like whereas Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody felt more like you know not to get on a Bohemian Rhapsody tangent but like that felt more like you know okay well we're actually like learning about his life in chronological order and Rocket Man felt more like this is more of a movie. artistic.
2: They took yeah. some big swings, and they, like, kind of blurred the lines a little bit, which I really actually, like, really liked. In some places, it was weird, but in some places, it was awesome. Like, which song is it that he's doing? Um, uh, I think it's Crocodile Rock, when he's, like, it playing... It is
0: Crocodile, when he starts floating. he's, like,
2: floating off the piano. Like, yeah. I, I really liked those, like, kind of weird tangents off into, like, unreality, because Bohemian Rhapsody, like, probably for better, is a little bit more grounded, but the effect was cool in some parts anyways speaking of tangents but
1: eh, it's worth it yeah we're comparing
2: do we think that we're ever going to get like a version of that movie for David Bowie
0: i've been waiting oh good question
2: cuz it feels like if we're like we're kind of in this like if we're in this phase of doing these movies like Bowie should have one and guess
0: Kyle we know who would play him probably harry styles Harry Styles! Yeah! Ah, yes! <laughs> oh, can yes. you imagine? Oh, man. Let's get that made yesterday.
2: Wait, that would be so perfect.
0: Now, Harry Styles, perfect if you're as, listening as to this top ten this list... This very podcast has anointed him. Yeah. The modern David Bowen. Because what he are we doing here? Is. I Obviously. mean, in
2: some ways, he really is kind of a natural... Not successor, but like a continuation of that kind of niche. And... Yes. uh Oh, I would love to see, and what's more, I think everyone would love to see that, right?
0: Yeah, oh my god, oh. yeah. He even has the nose. Yeah.
3: Because that's really important, but you know.
0: It is. My, my little, my, my pixie pixie nose hive unites. <laughs>
3: oh
1: yeah. Anyways. Big fan of that. Okay. Ready what about, to move on? Uh, what about
2: number five?
1: Um, number five is Voulez-vous by Abba. This came out in 1979. We don't know a single person. Well, I know one person who doesn't like Abba. But other than Ooh. that, there's not <laughs> yeah, a single person.
3: who my T's. father. Doesn't. Oh, Yay.
0: <laughs>
3: no, it's, we have an ongoing joke. He won't. He's, he's not.
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> Which is just so odd because Abba is just loved by so many people. I mean, I get, I get um, a little bit of, like, the annoying factor of it, because our parents already went through this, and they're like, why are we having to listen to it again? We already know everything about ABBA, and now they're making, like, a reoccurrence with the Mamma Mia films, or TikTok is, like, using it all over the place, and it's just becoming... A blow up again so i i do get some of the frustration like even my stepdad is like why are you listening to abba again and i'm like it's good i haven't been through it yet and he's like well i have so stop playing <laughs> but, um but really can you ever think of a time when you're listening to abba and you're like i would really rather be listening to something else right now because i genuinely can't you hear dancing queen you hear um literally any other abba song and it's just a good time
3: you can't sit still.
2: You I'll say... That, uh, you have to. But I will say that, like... I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm in 100% agreement. I can understand the perspective of someone that hears an ABBA song and likes it. And then hears another ABBA song and is like, oh, that's just like that out Al- song I just heard. Like, <laughs> you, you kind of... Like, they are what they are, right? And if you are into it, there's tons and tons and tons of it. And if you're not into it, there's not really a break in the action. The good news is I'm into it. And yeah, Does Your Mother Know is off this album. And
1: Oh, my God. Does Your
2: Mother Know is, like, one of my favorite songs ever, thanks to Johnny English.
1: That is just a shaking ass song. I'm sorry, but, like, that's how I describe it. You hear that. My mom and I, that's our thats our go-to song in the car. We are, like, on that. That is a good song. And you know what? I will never back down from that. That is just a banger in and of itself.
3: I actually have a story about Claire in relation to that song. And for my 16th birthday, we did one of those, like, pedal bar things around Detroit. We weren't drinking, obviously, because we were 16. But, you know, um, it was just fun <laughs> and then it was, like, really cold. Um, but we had fun. So I had to put together a playlist. And Claire was invited and we all had to, like, send in music that we wanted on the playlist. And, you know, people are, like, sending in, like, Travis Scott and, like, other stuff. And then Claire's like, does your mother know? <laughs> that was her one pick. So we were, like, listening to a full-on, like, trap song and then the driver was like what
1: and i stand by that and i stand by that so
2: good pick i do love that's one of the best feelings in the world is when you've got shuffle going and that those first couple beats roll in i love that
0: Uh, So I can't contribute anything to the song discussion because I don't really... I'm sure I could get into ABBA, but I am a dancing queen, and that's the only song I know. But I will contribute one bit of information because I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. Uh, Does Your Mother Know was another sizable ABBA hit, hitting number one in Belgium and reaching the top five in Great Britain, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Finland. It was also a top ten hit in Australia, Canada, Germany... And Rhodesia. Oh, so it was a hit. I don't even know where that is. Apparently, you shouldn't because it doesn't exist anymore. Okay, it did in the seventies. It sure did. (laughs) It sure did. (laughs) Oh wow! (laughs) So that's my contribution to the album discussion. (laughs) Thank you. You know what?
1: We appreciate that. We do. Yeah, I mean, I
0: didn't know that
3: before. So there you go.
0: It's because you haven't been playing enough Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> you play the old version. There's a lot of fun countries in it.
2: If you guys want to uh, <laughs> get some more background on Rhodesia, go see Blood Diamond. You'll go see, see
0: Blood Diamond. You'll- and Le- then, and th- yeah, after <laughs> the movie, when you make your complaint that his South African accent sucked, post that online and wait for the trolls to come out telling you that you're stupid and that it's actually a Rhodesian accent. <laughs>
3: okay. I'll add that to my list, along
2: with Pristine. Just careful who you watch that. It's not really a family movie. Yeah, not so much. (laughs) Great pick. It's very similar to Uncut Gems. Yeah, well, in some ways. I think um, I am not like a personal, like, I don't spend a lot of time listening to ABBA. I would say most of the time I've spent listening to ABBA has been through you, Claire. And so I have, like, I associate them very closely with you, which is a good time for me. So thank you for putting at least one ABBA album here.
1: I have to say ABBA is like probably one of my go-to like music choices. Like I have ABBA's greatest hits on vinyl that I got for Christmas. I'm not even going to lie. When I opened that, I probably, I I think I shit my pants a little bit because I was so excited. I'm not going to lie because you know what? That vinyl is like gold. I have it in the other room. It's gold vinyl and
2: literally golden there's no skip there's
1: no skips (sighs) i can't complain i just you can't
3: dislike abba in my opinion but that's i'm biased and i think the reason why we rank it so high too to go into the unbiased thing is like if if you're on tiktok some of the biggest songs on tiktok right now are abba songs and they're all from this album like, That's a they're good point. all from Booley Boo.
2: <laughs> I really like that you guys are doing this list because it's like a, it's, it really is an, like, an important kind of lens of, like, appreciating a decade's worth of music through the eyes of someone who's rediscovering it for the first time in a modern context. And I think that, like, while this the list might differ from somebody that was alive during the 70s, just ask your dad. Like, I really appreciate the lean that you're putting on it, and I like that the fact that it's on TikTok as an influencer in in our decision-making process.
3: That That actually
1: upsets me a little bit.
3: It upsets me,
1: though. TikTok upsets me because the people that use those songs on that platform don't understand the importance of that music. They use it because it's simply a trend, and that, that bothers me because... There's so much more to it than just using there it behind the video are are those that you're people making.
3: that will be like, oh, I heard this song on TikTok. <gasps> yeah, like, why
1: would
0: I you say that? I do like what that? a get-off-my-lawn-old-lady argument yeah. uh, you're making, like, Kyle was just telling you that it's great to have the young person's perspective, and then you just went on like a, you know, those young kids just like that because it's on the TikToks, <laughs> man. I well, like it.
1: They're just missing a whole other layer to it, though. Like, there's so much more importance,
0: and there's it's, it's you're, like a lack you're of in knowledge. Old person explaining seventies music. This is great. You sound like some <laughs> old like critic who's like a real crabapple, and is like, they don't understand. They never listened on hi-fi. <laughs> they don't. They, listen they, don't to the they don't
1: understand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like have oh you ever? <laughs> it is a euphoric experience listening She's to right Angel enough. Eyes. She's right. With your yeah, kiss is a fire banger angel eyes banger like you just <laughs> with or without no AirPods. denying yeah. Just yeah 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 that's okay you don't need the airpods that's an add on <laughs> but it does help it does help anyway we can move on I feel like we've dabbled on the topic quite a bit <laughs> um,
2: what would you two have okay. for four number four then
1: Number four. Ooh. Um, this one is very exciting. We have at number four, The Stranger by Billy Joel. This one came out in 1977. And, again, another just amazing artist who everybody knows and they should know because he should never leave the spotlight, honest to God. I think that he is just classic.
3: We were not, when we were making this, this was like on our, like, really long list of just albums in general, and I don't think either of us were expecting it to make it, let alone make it to number four. Um,
2: Yeah, walk us through that.
3: I think, I mean, it was between this and another one, which is on Honorables, where we feel like they... Like, this album just is so iconic to a different sound of the 70s. Like, okay, we cover disco, we have some rock, but this is not, like... Okay, obviously Billy Joel can write a good rock song, but some of, like, the piano ballad-type stuff that he does is just, like, purely this time. Like, something that would have been played on the radio, which is kind of weird to think about, like, that would have been played on the radio. Yes. Yeah, it's just, I mean... Claire wrote a couple down in our notes. Um, iconic songs like Vienna, Vienna is a really well-known song. Um, Anthony's song, uh, the whole scene from an Italian restaurant thing, like ugh, it's it's all just so good.
0: Vienna is my favorite Billy Joel song. I was hmm. definitely of the I don't really know Billy Joel all that well. Slash, I've heard you know I've heard his hits camp but caroline my wife her this billy joel is probably one of her top four or five favorite musical artists um we actually have a couple of his albums um on our little record player um and this is this is a disgustingly good album it's just so tight <laughs> like i'm looking at this this is another thing i like about um this era of music is this is it looks like i don't i can't tell if that actual original is eight or nine tracks but whatever either way It's like eight or nine tracks, 42 minutes long, and every one of these tracks is really good on its own. But also, this is one where I think it's a really nice marriage of single and album where they all work really well as singles, but they also curate a really cool, um, you know, kind of early 70s, mid-70s New York vibe that's just really neat.
1: So what you're saying is that they're very albumy?
0: It's but it's but albumy and singly like it's it's a really <laughs> shockingly perfect marriage of both. Yeah,
3: there's no there's no skips. It's, it's, it's like not a
0: skimp, yeah no. no skippable songs. No,
1: as Kyle would say,
2: no bathroom songs. <laughs> yeah, no, no bathroom songs. He uh, Billy Joel kind of occupies like an interesting space for me, and like because he kind of reminds me of like the what you were calling like the crooners and that like his vocal work is such an important part of it and it's not just his voice like obviously like he's a very talented instrumentalist as well but like he's also like clearly like firmly a part of this rock and roll kind of era and I think but I think he kind of straddles that line in a way that some of the other artists we've talked about already haven't. And I think what's so cool about his music, and also his, I don't know, at least for me, like, I find Billy Joel music to be, like, super depressing.
0: Oh my god, yeah.
2: (laughs) Which I love about him. Like, I love that that's kind of, like, the the vibe that he, like, this weird, like, very American, like, the flip side of, like, the American dream is, like, kind of his whole thing, and I love that. And uh, to me, like, that occupies, like, a very different kind of space than the albums we've already talked about. And so I'm glad that we're going to put him at like such a high spot on this list.
0: Yeah. I think Kyle, you hit a lot of really important points. I think one of the interesting ones is as you're saying about sort of the flip side of the American dream thing is that I think he's, he's cool in that his songs all follow sort of traditional pop song rules in ways that make them different from, from rock songs. Like Pink Floyd was just, totally like in left field versus the music of previous generations. Whereas Billy Joel feels like a more natural successor to, you know, like you were saying, the crooners, but also sort of the traditional pop rock artists. But every song has a layer of complexity that's different. Like Vienna, I think Lily, you were saying about, I'm assuming that's one of the songs you were thinking of when you're talking about piano, like it's weird to think of that being on the radio but what's funny is if you took that song, you took the actual lyrics, you could just put that into a really sort of simple pop song that would have made it on the radio. And so he's he's like right in the sort of basic wheelhouse of this music, but then adds a really cool twist to it. And then on the other hand, you know, you take something like, you know, Anthony's song, as Kyle was saying, and that's like, oh, that just sounds like a, you know, a pop song. But you listen to you like, holy shit, Jesus. that's not just a like, that's a bummer. And so it's really cool how it's all playing with what's out there, but making it just a little different.
2: Well, look at, look at, we didn't start the fire. Like that's like objectively kind of a stupid song (laughs) and and yet you listen to it and it's like, you know, it's like you're saying, it's a whole flip side to it. Like if you just write the words down to that song, it's a pretty interesting kind of like, kind of a, it feels broad, but it's actually kind of a narrow perspective on like what he, like how he sees the world through that time. Super fun stuff uh, to listen to. So I'm glad we're talking about him.
3: Yeah. And I think all the points they're making too is a reason why he ranks so high because everything is uniquely Billy Joel. Like no one else was really doing this, you know, keeping like sort of the old age feel and sort of like breaking into the new music, having a nice melding. Or
2: at least not as successfully or at such a high level as he was. Right. So great pick.
0: Yeah, it's a ballsy way to be creative. Like, I feel like there's a lot of. It's easier to be like, "Hey, I'm a creative individualist artist" by doing the folky thing, or by doing you know, which a lot of people are doing, which is like, "I'm trying to be," you know, kind of the not maybe not the new Bob Dylan, but the new you know, what um, can I can't think of it? The guy who's Woody Guthrie, like trying to do that. That's like an easy path to be like, "Oh, I'm so individualistic," and in the same way to do like a super psychedelic thing without necessarily being as good. Whereas Billy Joel is like, no, I'm going to take what people are used to hearing and change it just enough. And that's how I'll be adventurous, which is tough because you could so easily, people could just not get it and be like, Oh, he's just another pop singer. Yeah,
3: I totally agree.
2: Love it. Someday I will see Billy Joel. We bought tickets to see him at Notre Dame and that has now been delayed twice. So maybe 2022 is when I will see Billy Joel.
3: I hope so.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) Fingers crossed. Alright, what do you guys want to do for honorables? Do you want to rattle through yours now, or do you want to do it after you've done your top three?
3: That's um, up to you, Claire.
1: We, I, didn't, I we didn't want to spend a lot know. of time on it, because we have so many.
2: I think whenever we decide to do it, we need to just do rapid fire. Just like, bat, 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 because there's probably a hundred, right?
1: We do have a lot of honorable mentions, so we might just want to rattle through them with... Not a ton of discussion, just because they're honorable mentions for a reason, but also not, like, super significant, I guess. Um, But, Lily, if you want to rattle through them real quick, that'd be great.
3: I can, if you guys are good with that.
2: Sure. All right. bam. Okay.
3: Okay. So, another Elton John. We have Honky Chateau, 1972. Um, And another David Bowie. It's Hunky Dory, 1971. Uh, Most notable song everyone knows is Life on Mars, but plenty of other good songs on there. Uh, Two other Queen ones are on here. Uh, A Night at the Opera from 1975 and Sheer Heart Attack, 1974. Uh, Then some other random ones. We have Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder, 1976. What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, 1971. That's...
0: Oh, we'll be talking about that. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, Asia by Steely Dan, Nice. A band... I heard that
0: Steely Dan was making a comeback.
3: <laughs> um, abandoned Luncheonette by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Tapestry by Carole King, 1971. Uh, this one's sort of a random one, and I'll explain it slightly. Frampton Comes Alive by Peter Frampton, 1976. This is a live album of Peter Frampton. And it was like the number one selling live album for, I think, several decades until Garth Brooks took the spot.
2: You go, Peter Frampton.
3: And it's really amazing. If you've never listened to it, you should listen to Frampton Comes Alive. Um, Van Halen by Van Halen, 1978. But... We put them there just because most of their notable stuff is more into the 80s. Uh, and this was like Fair. their first album. The original motion picture soundtrack of Greece, <laughs> 1978. Led Zeppelin Four by Led Zeppelin.
0: Okay, that's another one we have to talk about. Okay.
3: And our last one is Boston by Boston.
0: <laughs> just another band out of Boston.
2: Wow. You guys really did your homework.
3: Credit our parents, basically. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones that introduced us to all this stuff. So.
2: Alrighty. Cool. Well, I'm sure Mike and I will have a couple to add at the end. Before that, what about the top three of your list?
3: Okay.
1: Number three, we have Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. This came nice. out in 1979. Um, It's basically classic party music. Everybody knows and loves Michael Jackson, despite some of his allegations, like kind of gross, but whatever. It doesn't change the fact that his music is really good. So Off the Wall is just a classic album with including songs Don't Stop Till You Get Enough and Rock With You. Uh, two of the most popular ones, I would say. Our brother Cameron knows how to get down to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. he <coughs> yes, uh, does. Off the Wall is just all around. We had a hard time picking a Michael Jackson album, I feel like. Um, we were kind of... Well, actually, I don't know if we were because it was thriller thriller did not come out in the 70s no it didn't. see if thriller had we might have had a little bit of a debate i think i got a little confused but off the wall was like without dispute i think we actually picked that one pretty quickly really on, in the yeah. process yeah um great album and iconic simply to say
2: the other ones that get thrown around a lot are thriller and bad which were 82 and 87 respectively but I don't think it's a mistake to include a Michael Jackson album in the '70s because, like, I mean, the a, the bulk of his career really, maybe not the bulk of it, but he released several albums, four albums in the '70s. So this isn't like a a scenario where he just kind of like like he was active all through the '70s. So I think it makes sense.
0: It's mm-hmm. also it's also funny to call a Michael Jackson album like underproduced. But I do think it is it is it is cool because it's a little bit uh, less extravagant than some of his later albums. And so I think it's an opportunity to get a little bit more of just like his basic talents, both as a songwriter and as a performer. Um, so super important in his career, super important in music because you know, obviously, as Kyle said, like thriller and bad are the ones that people think of, but that's a different later artist, really. I would argue. Whereas this is a crossover artist. It's also you can't ignore the fact that at this point, like most of at least white America's relationship to black musical artists was very specific to a small set of a small set of genres. Um, like there was sort of Motown and soul, and then obviously kind of older blues and stuff like that, but. This is a real crossover into sort of more I don't even know what you would call this. i it, you said dance kind of pop like more mainstream uh, sort of white pop. So this was super mm-hmm. important. like this is a really this is a real change.
1: influential time. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we'd agree on that for sure.
0: Oh show. It's also oh, a yeah. great, it's also a great cover. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh at yeah, it right now. that's a pretty Iconic. awesome cover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it really exemplifies uh, the feel of the time <laughs> with, with that cover.
0: Oh yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure my dad wore that outfit and had that hairdo in a couple of photos <laughs> I've seen.
2: I'd love to see that,
1: Kyle. We could yeah. say the same about our dad. That afro, no doubt. <laughs> oh man, great pick. Yeah banger all right i don't know if y'all are ready for number two it's pretty it's pretty good i've got to say kyle you're gonna be excited for number two we have hotel california by the eagles this one came out in 1976 and honestly again this is a reoccurring theme here it's known by everybody everybody knows the eagles it's been passed down through years my parents listened to it we all listened to it Every song that you hear from the Eagles is
2: simply iconic.
0: Who's going to say it? Kyle, can you just say it so we can move on?
2: I hate the fucking Eagles, man. All right, just thank kidding. You, now we can move on. That's the dude, not me. Claire, your opinion and my opinion on the Eagles is well documented. Lily, what is your take on the Eagles and how do you feel about this album in particular?
3: Oh, uh, <laughs> well, okay. So originally when I first started listening to the Eagles, which was before making this list. I remember I was playing a song in the car, I think it was Take It Easy, and my dad made a comment about it sounding more sort of country-sounding, which, like, not many people in my family really like country. I only listen to, like, specific country songs, and it's only, like, in the summertime. But, (laughs) mostly just, Specific criteria. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, do I want to listen to, like country girls shake it for me when it's like snowing no but (laughs) basically like i i thought on it and i was like yeah i mean i guess that's sort of right but there there's something about it that's sort of a melding of the two where it sounds kind of blue collar-ish but it has the bare bone element of 70s rock or i guess you know like with the Cool could say, like, dad rock or, like, classic rock? Um And so, I don't know. I mean, when we were making this, this was an obvious pick. We both knew it was going to be in the top three. We just had to figure out where. So, I mean, I love them. And I love this album.
1: It is so difficult to come up with, like, a definitive list of this kind of stuff because... There are so many, within rock itself, there are so many different types of rock it can be. So that's why it's so difficult to come up with a list that, of all the 70s albums, because The yeah. Eagles is so much different from Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson is different from ABBA. Like, there's not really um, a compar- comparison point, which is why it makes it difficult, but I feel like we place them in a good good number, I would say.
2: Yeah, they occupy, like, you're right, like a a very different kind of zone than anyone we talked about so far. It's like kind of a cool country rock, Western American kind of vibe that is not replicated elsewhere on this list. So I'm glad that they're on here. I'm glad that they're on here this high. I think you could realistically pick from a couple of different Eagles albums and they could, all of them could fall in this, this top part of the list. I think Hotel California is an excellent pick. I personally prefer One of These Nights as an album, oh but I gosh. think like that you can really make a case for either. So I'm happy to go with Hotel California. It's probably, well, safe to say, probably their best known.
1: I do really like One of Those Nights as well. I think that's probably one of my favorite Eagles songs ever. But for Hotel California, I there are so many great songs on this album. Even I mean, all the Eagles albums are good, but for Hotel California specifically, New Kid in Town is five minutes of pure glory so good and life in the fast lane is easily just a great highway song because that's exactly what it's about yeah
0: it's also just like the the classic eagles so much there's so much more going on they do the the whole there's a couple other bands that did this really well at this time but it's sort of the billy joel thing we were talking about earlier where you hear one thing in your ear and then you're like huh The lines in the mirror, lines on her face line is like one of the most upsetting, but really just like beautifully written rock lyrics I've ever heard.
1: It's literally
0: a poem. It (laughs) It it really is. Well, they they're just such like a they're just such a weird band. You're so right. They totally defy classification. But I feel like that's part of the theme of the 70s and why they're interesting is I'm sure, like, cool music people can identify, you know, many different strains of music in every decade, but I do feel like the 70s is probably one of the biggest transition periods in music, and so it's cool when you have a band like the Eagles who are straddling so many weird different lines uh, and doing their own thing.
1: I just, I have to say, oh, yeah, Life in the Fast Lane, like, specifically the lyrics are just, uh, it's such a feel-good song, and I think that's (laughs) why the lyrics... (laughs) are so depressing
0: <laughs> oh my god yes no but it's, it's like so... a total
3: road trip song like cruising oh, yeah. down the highway man
0: they knew all the yeah. right people they took all the right pills baby they,
3: they, they threw th- outrage th-
0: parties. Okay,
1: outrageous parties
2: <laughs> outrageous
0: parties and heavenly bills they had one <laughs> thing in common yep yep that's it otherwise they were a terrible fit
2: Here, oh, right? man. what possibly could be number one I am really curious yeah. what you guys go with here
0: I think be I know what it's gonna be I think I know what it's gonna be do you want
1: to take a guess
2: I have a I have a guess okay.
1: I have a guess
2: I have How a guess How
1: I'll, I'll say it and you guys can tell me yeah, what you will be honest yeah. okay. the highly anticipated number one heavily debated too. Yep. rumors by Fleet yes Mac. knew
0: it yep got it, Has this one it. it. In 1977
1: yeah. This album has continued to be prominent in literally every year that it has come out. Like the past, how, like th- almost 30 years, right? Or no, more than 30 for sure. But I can't count. Obviously, I'm not good at math, but it is very prominent in today's culture with, which also pisses me off. Thanks to TikTok and social media outlets. TikTok it has kids gained I tell you, more fame. But nonetheless, this is just... The entire album, all the way through, is just straight bangers, straight fire. Honest to God.
0: Every single one has a, a link on Wikipedia. Oh Every, my, single yeah, Every single one. Every single one.
1: it's simply
2: iconic. It's rare that if you list, like, the five songs from a band that you know probably the most that they come off the same album, because typically it takes an entire career to come up with, like, five songs that people know off the top of their head. This album has Dreams, Go Your Own Way, The Chain, what else? Love and Fun. Yeah, like, (laughs) like, the only song that I like that immediately comes to my mind that isn't on this album from Fleetwood Mac is Gypsy, I guess. But, like, all of their other... Like, most well-known songs are off this one single album, which is kind of hard to believe.
1: I mean, it already is golden, the way it is, but I would really... I would have loved if they would have put, say, You Love Me on this album. That is, like, it has to be one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs, and if it were to be on this album, it would really make it for me, but the way it is is perfectly fine. And it literally does not even need to be changed, because the chain is... It makes makes you feel some type of way. Yeah. You got that Italian hand right there. It is just... Oh, God. I I have no words. I love Fleetwood Mac. And I bought this vinyl. I bought a vinyl in Chicago when I was visiting Kyle. I bought a vinyl. I didn't even have a record player yet. And I said, I gotta buy this vinyl. And it was in mint condition. And I play it to this day because it's timeless.
3: It was one of the first ones I got, too, actually. Of that I'm
1: thinking priorities
0: about. are in check absolutely I want to uh I want to zag slightly but not for my own take because this is the right pick this was I I there's maybe a couple others that could contend but this is the right pick so no beef totally agreed amazing album Kyle knows Chuck Klosterman, so he's always on the Bill Simmons podcast and he's also if you've ever seen the like I love the 80s or I love the 90s he's always on it. And I think he is an insufferable asshat. I think he's just so, (laughs) I think he's so annoying. And I'm reading this uh, in the legacy section of Wikipedia on rumors. Pop culture journalist Chuck Klosterman links the record sales figures to its really, quote, really likable songs, end quote, but suggests that, quote, no justification for greatness, end quote, is intrinsically provided by them. So, in case anybody's wondering what Chuck Klosterman thinks, he thinks rumors sucks.
1: Well, you know what? He sucks. His yeah, opinion no. is irrelevant, and That's you're a right. Insufferable <laughs> asshat.
2: That's quite yep. a zag. I'm
0: glad we can. If we do a top ten insufferable asshats list next week, he would be number one for sure.
2: <laughs> Damn.
3: Or all ten. I mean,
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> possibly. Wow, what a great list! Amazing. Really amazing Thank work. you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: Um, real quick before we go, Mike, any any we should talk about a little more?
0: Yeah, I, I just want to mention uh, a couple. So two that you mentioned that I think would uh, – and we're not going to do this because it's just – it'll take too much time since we've taken a lot already. But if I were reordering the list, two that you mentioned that I would put higher would be Led Zeppelin 4 and What's Going On. Two that uh, – I don't know why these got – Moved. But uh The Cars and The Wall by Pink Floyd, I would also argue, should be up there somewhere. And then also After the Gold Rush by Neil Young. Born to Run and Darkness oh. on the Edge of Town, of course, by Bruce Springsteen.
1: Yeah. We missed out on Br- that. I <laughs> know.
0: That's okay. Bridge Over Troubled Water. Uh, I think that's Simon and Garfunkel. Cosmo's Factory by CCR. Uh, and then uh, I think it's called the Harvest. I never remember because I always want to call it Harvest Moon. But oh, um, by uh, <laughs> Good also game. by Neil
3: Young. Do you mi- wait? Hold on. Are you talking about this one? The one. Oh, with hold the on. Guy, I can't. I? S- I can't.
0: I can't see for some reason. My oh. uh, okay. Your cameras are kicked off. But yes, it should just be like a moon.
3: Oh, never mind. I was, I was holding up the Harvest Moon album that has like the silhouette of him on the front, like in black.
0: No, yes, not that one.
3: Okay, never mind. <laughs> Sorry.
0: But that's, no, that would be yes. my list. <laughs> but <And> also <laughs> is really, <laughs> I would stuff the Born to Run. Kyle?
2: Uh, I would reiterate that Led Zeppelin 4 is like, it has the greatest song of all time on it. And so just for that alone, it should be probably on the list. Other than that, I agree with all the ones you said. The two I would personally stump for, less so this one. I, because I'm not, I've never been like a huge Stones fan, but Sticky Fingers is pretty widely regarded as like one of their better albums, and made it into the '70s. They're kind of a, it's them and the Beatles that like I think probably each had an album in the '70s that could have made this list, but they're they're kind of '60s bands. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, whatever you want. Uh, the one I would add that I would be serious about is Who's Next uh, by The Who.
3: Okay, okay. I, w- <laughs> I was interested to see if any of the stuff that you brought up that we didn't mention would show up. Because I did have a longer list, and a bunch of them we took off, including the Cars and Who's Next. So, yeah.
2: Who's Next for me was um, just, like, eye-opening and revelatory. Like, in the way, Claire, that you kind of, like, got into ABBA... Like Who's Next did that for me, to me, for me with that, with the Who, and that that has like three of the probably their very best songs on it. So, but again, I really love all the work that you guys put into this, and I think you guys put a lot of really considerate thought into it. So, thank you for putting this list together. This is so much fun.
3: Absolutely,
2: um, it was a lot of fun. Does one of you want to relay the the list back to our dear listeners?
1: Uh, I I can do it if you want. All right. right. And number ten, we have a day at the races by Queen. Number nine, the dark side of the moon by Pink Floyd. Number eight is Saturday Night Fever. Seven, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars by David Bowie. Rightfully so. Number six, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Number five is Vu by Abba. Four, the stranger by Billy Joel. Three off the wall by Michael Jackson, two Hotel California by the Eagles, and number one Rumors by Fleetwood Mac.
2: Just spectacular! Wow.
0: Beautiful work. You guys are are a real testament to a wonderful generation of TikTok fans who really got into these songs from TikTok. So, I,
1: I would, I'm I would, a little I really offended, but thanks. That. I- yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's like a
1: backhanded compliment, Mike. I don't no, know how I I'm feel just about kidding. That. You
0: guys obviously are actual fans, unlike those chumps on TikTok.
1: <laughs> chumps. Oh, there wasn't any hair. I love that there. word. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Claire, you obviously know that you have a standing invitation. But in case it was unclear, Lily, at yeah. any time if you ever want to do another list, uh, please reach out to us post haste because that was a real treat, and we'd love to have you on again.
3: Awesome! Thank Completely you so much. Agreed. It was awesome being I'm here. I'm so glad so we glad. got to do it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, honestly, it was just an excuse for Claire and I to talk to each other more.
0: So that's what this whole podcast <laughs> that's is literally yeah, all. That's an it is excuse for us to chat. Kyle
3: and Mike just bringing people together. I yeah,
0: yeah. You know, including ourselves. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: all right. Thank Kyle, you for having us. Should we take them away? I will do a couple thank yous before we go. The first thank you I will give is to Kevin McLeod. As you know, Kevin McLeod does the music for our show unwittingly. He does yes. our intro music and our not top three music, which of course is super stanky. And so we thank you, Kevin for access to your music. We also thank my sister, Aaron who wittingly and intentionally provides artwork to this podcast. Um, she has done several iterations of the artwork, including the one you're seeing right now. But in addition to podcast artwork, she does all kinds of really fabulous work and she's ever expanding into the tv and movie side of graphic design which is an utter delight to follow so please do that on instagram you can find her stuff at sant designs having completed my thank yous i will turn it over to you michael
0: And I will similarly send out some thank yous. Uh, Mine to the lady who came into the room and was uh, clinking her her bowl with a a fork for the last five minutes. My wife, Caroline, uh, she does wonderful work on our social media, most specifically on our Instagram, which you can check out on Instagram at Top10KM with the 10 spelled out T-E-N Something she doesn't work on for us but that is also very important is our email address which is Top10KM at gmail.com where you can send us emails telling us that Lily and Claire should replace us as the full-time hosts uh, that Claire should get a better internet connection or any of your other (laughs) thoughts or musings (laughs) And finally, <laughs> I'm while I'm sure you're listening to us, oh, I should also say you can see Caroline's personal stuff from Caroline Giuliano Photos on Instagram, which I don't know. that's maybe the handle I can use. but definitely check it out and definitely pay her to do stuff because you will be supporting uh, my excessive use of air conditioning in this home. I need the money to pay for the electricity to keep me cool. Uh, so please do that. And then finally, before we go, I'm sure you're listening to us on some sort of listening app, but if you're looking for another one, You can check us out on the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So my friends, that's all I got to say. All right.
2: Good work, team. Peace. Peace. Peace.
3: Peace out.